0: My name' is John Redmond from First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas, and I want to thank you for joining us today on peace by believing. What we're going to be listening to today is a very brief sermon that I did on Sunday night, September the 9th, 2018. And the reason that date is so fresh in my mind is because that was our first night in our church to have our prayer and praise service. We have made an adjustment so that on Sunday nights now we're calling our Sunday night worship service, Sunday night prayer and praise. And It was a service that we had prayed about, we had planned for for a long time, and God just blessed us in a very, very special way. We planned this service to start on September 9th, knowing that that was the Sunday after Labor Day, the beginning of the fall, and also it was the first Sunday of the NFL season. And I know that on Sunday nights... Uh, A lot of people are watching Sunday Night Football on NBC. In fact, they call it, they say Sunday Night is Football Night in America. It's the, at least uh, in some years, it's the top-ranked television show on television. But what we said to our people is, look, why don't you, instead of watching that whole game, come to church. Let's not let Sunday Night be Football Night in America. Let's let Sunday Night be a night of prayer and praise, and then you can go home and watch the second quarter and the third and the fourth quarter. But give up that first quarter. Come to church and let's pray together and let's praise God together. And so we had built it up and encouraged the people to come. We had a tremendous crowd that night. Much more important than that, though, the Spirit of God was in our midst. And so we just wanted to play this program for you today so you could get a feel of what happened in our church on Sunday night, September the 9th, 2018. And I hope it will be an encouragement to you. Thank you guys for being back. What a great crowd for our first Sunday night prayer and praise service. I just, you know, I felt in my heart this morning that God was in the morning services. I feel like God is in this prayer and praise emphasis. And I want to just thank you for being here tonight. Turn to the person next to you and say, thanks for coming tonight. Just welcome them to the service. For those of you watching by streaming tonight, you're not in the room with us, but there's no distance in prayer. And you can pray with us tonight right where you are. But I am so very excited about what we're going to be doing tonight. Well, a lot has changed since we were together this morning. I started the sermon by saying that the Houston Texans and the Dallas Cowboys are undefeated. I can't say that for 12 more months because they both lost today. But you know one thing that hasn't changed since we were together this morning? God still answers prayer. And that's what we were talking about today. We were in Acts chapter 12 where Simon Peter had been put in prison there in Jerusalem because of his faithful witness for Jesus Christ. And he was awaiting execution by Herod after that Jewish feast had ended. And because Peter was in that prison, the church met to pray. And they prayed in Mary's house. She had a large home there in Jerusalem. And they were praying for God to be merciful to Simon Peter, for God somehow to spare his life, for God to miraculously, supernaturally get Peter out of that prison. And as we saw this morning, God did that. God sent His angel right into that prison cell where Peter was. And that angel loosed Peter from those chains that had him bound and set Peter free. And it was an amazing thing. And so tonight, as we have met Yes, to study the Bible just a little bit. Yes, we're praising God tonight. We're going to praise Him some more. But primarily tonight, we are here for the purpose of prayer. I want to encourage you at the outset and say, by being in God's house tonight, by being in this service tonight, you and I have put ourselves in position to experience an outpouring of the Spirit of God on our lives individually, on our families And on our church, somebody ought to say amen for that, but that's a good thing. And not only on our church, but on our community. And I'm praying that God will use these services not only to bless First Baptist Pasadena, but to bless all the churches of any denomination in our community who lifts up Jesus Christ. Thank God you don't have to be a Baptist to be saved. And you don't have to be a member of First Baptist to be on your way to heaven. As long as you have received Christ, you're a part of the family of God And so we're praying for a revival in our midst. I was reading even this afternoon about the first great awakening. I touched on this briefly in the second service this morning. In the history of our country, there have been two mighty movings of the Spirit of God. Now, there have been other times where the Spirit of God moved and and people were saved but i'm talking about what what historians have called great awakenings one of those happened in the 1700s that's known as the first great awakening and the other one happened in the 1800s and that's known as the second great awakening and maybe on some of these sunday nights as we prepare to pray I'll share just on some of those nights, maybe a nugget from, here's what happened in the First Great Awakening, and here's what happened in the Second Great Awakening. But on that First Great Awakening, back in the 1700s, in colonial America, now we're talking about before the Revolutionary War even happened, there were 13 colonies, and in those colonies, they had established churches, but people were joining churches for all the wrong reasons. They were joining churches so that they could have influence in the community, They were joining churches so they could have connections and so they could meet people. In fact, back in the 1700s, many of the churches even had something called a halfway covenant. And what that meant was you could join a church without ever having professed your faith in Jesus Christ. You could be you could be a church member without ever having been converted and without ever having been saved. And it was called a halfway covenant. And so people who took advantage of the halfway covenant, they weren't saying they were Christians. They weren't saying they had ever repented of their sins and received Christ. They were just saying, we want to be part of this group of people because many of these are the movers and shakers within our community. And we see it would be advantageous to us to align ourselves with this group. And so, So they joined the churches by signing the halfway covenant. Well, you can figure in time as that goes by, not only is the church filled with unsaved people, many up there preaching have never even been saved. The church was, while it was a respectable organization, in some ways it had almost become more of a a country club, of some kind of a social gathering as opposed to the church of Jesus Christ that is there to lift up the name Jesus and to explain to people how to be saved. And so it's in that backdrop, that God began to raise up men who would stand in these pulpits preaching to people who had never been truly converted one of those men was a man named Jonathan Edwards he is considered the greatest theologian of the first great awakening and he would stand he was not a great orator necessarily he didn't have as we see so many preachers and teachers they have all these gifts of communication he didn't necessarily have those in fact when he would stand behind the pulpit to preach his sermon many times he would never take his eyes off of his manuscript and when he did he would just look at the wall in the back of the room and so there was nothing really about his communication skills that was engaging or that would cause anybody to come back to the next service but the power of god was so on that man's life that even when he read his sermon and even when he stared off at the back wall, making eye contact with nobody, the Spirit of God was so heavy on that man that the Spirit of God would fall amongst those people in those pews listening to that sermon. Many of them never had been saved. His most well-known sermon was called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And as he preached that sermon... He stressed that the necessity, the need for personal regeneration, for repentance of sin, for receiving and confessing Christ as Savior. And he talked about if you didn't do that, you put yourself at risk and danger of ending up in hell, sinners in the hands of an angry God. And it is said that those who listened to that sermon were so moved, they were so taken by the words of that message and the power with which he spoke that they would hold on to their pews. And sometimes that sermon would be preached outside, that people would feel feel. like they were about to drop into hell and they would hug onto a tree so that they wouldn't fall. But it was men like that who began to go into these churches where many people had never been saved and began to preach about the new birth. And in that setting, and in response to the prayers of many genuine born-again believers, that the Spirit of God began to move and that people began to be saved and people who had all kind of sin in their life all kind of addictions and bondages very much like we have in our day today they began to get set free things began to change in the cities where these ministers preach and where these people were getting saved and the consumption of alcohol decreased and, and immorality decreased and it wasn't just like something was happening at church it was that something was happening at church to be sure but what was happening at church was so genuine, so authentic, so of God that it could not be contained in the walls of the church and it penetrated the the, the whole society and it certainly penetrated colonial America and historians have called that the first great awakening. As I was reading, even, even some this afternoon just to kind of freshen my memory up on some of the things that were happening that some described the revival, the awakening this was, I found a very interesting description, as a series of regional breezes, a series of regional breezes. In other words, a a, a pastor would go and he would begin to preach and there would be a moving of the Spirit and there would be like a a breeze, like like we saw in Acts 2 this morning where the, the early Christians were in the upper room before Pentecost and it says, there was a rushing mighty wind and that's what was happening back in colonial America and then in the 1800s, it happened the second great awakening and so tonight is the beginning of a new emphasis and as I said this morning, What we're doing on these Sunday nights has the potential to change our church, to change our lives, to change our families, to change our communities. It could even change this world because in praying and calling on God, we are putting ourselves in position to experience an outpouring of His Spirit so that those who have bondages of any kind can be set free, so those who have never been truly saved can come to know Christ, and so that all of us would be absolutely amazed at what God has done. I say it has the potential of doing that. It could do that. I can't guarantee it. The song that we started out tonight singing, Brethren, We Have Met to Worship, and about three or four lines in that song, you heard what Lisa said, and she's singing that song, all is vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. And so we are totally dependent upon the Spirit of God to meet us here, to hear our prayers, to answer our prayers, and to work in fresh and amazing ways in our lives. We're dependent on God, but think about this. You still listening? Say amen. amen. We have a promise from God that if we will call on him in believing prayer, in pure prayer, in genuine prayer, we don't have to hope he will hear us. We don't have to hope he will respond. We have a promise from God that he will do just that. I was going to have you look a verse up tonight. Let me just quote it and you can just take it in this way. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. It's one of the greatest verses in all the Bible about prayer and about revival. And here's what God said. Now, God is speaking, and he said these words, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Now, see, it's an if, and the next word in that verse is a then. It's an if then. Remember in the school, you had an if then. If this happens, then this will happen. So God has said, I'm making a deal with you. I'm making a promise with all of my people, wherever they may be, if they will turn to me and call on me, then God said, I will hear from heaven. He didn't say I might hear or sometimes I'll, no, he said, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. One of the things I love about First Baptist Pasadena, here we are and on the coast of southeast Texas, and we're praying tonight. Listen, people in Washington don't know we're praying. I mean, they wouldn't object that we are. But what I'm saying is people across the world don't know we're praying. But you know what? Tonight, as we gather to pray, God knows that we're praying. And God may do something in Washington. God may do something in our country. God may do something in our world. And God certainly may do something in our own lives, in our church and community, that is a direct response to us calling on Him in believing prayer tonight. Now, in just a moment, We're going to just pray because the service, I had a sermon this morning preparing us for prayer, and that's what I'm doing again right now, but the service is for prayer, and so that's what we're about to have is an emphasis in prayer. I feel, and I have felt all along, and I've said to the Lord, Lord, my job in this service before I join everybody else in praying is to, in some way, help guide the prayer time, to help maybe... Put us on the track so we'll kind of know how to pray and what to pray. Now, you have to pray whatever's on your heart. But I think tonight we would be both wise and biblical on our first Sunday night of prayer and praise to pray not for Washington, not for Austin, not for, I mean, if it's on your heart, pray for all those things, not for even the community, not even for the church, although certainly I'm sure we'll all be praying for those things tonight. But I think we would be wise and biblical tonight to spend our first prayer service praying for ourselves. What did God say in that verse? If my people who are called by my name, now watch this, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. So it's all about us. And there's a similar verse in 1 Peter chapter 4 in verse 17. It says it is time For judgment to begin at the house of God. And so revival begins right here in me. Revival begins in John's heart. And revival begins in your heart. And think what could happen next Sunday night. The Sunday night after that. Weeks and months down the road. If on the first Sunday night we met together for prayer and praise. We said God. We said with the psalmist. Search us O God. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. What did the psalmist say? He said, if I regard or if I cherish or if I have sin in my heart, God won't even hear. So if our hearts are not cleansed, then God has made no promise to us in fact, he has basically said, in order for me to do anything in your life, in this community and in this church, in, your, in order for anything to happen, it has to begin with you being cleansed in your heart before me. And so tonight, that's what I think we should pray. I want to give you three headings. This, this will You can memorize this. This will be very easy to help as we prepare now to pray. First of all, I encourage you during this next part of the service... To pray for forgiveness. Forgiveness. Ask God to search your heart. Attitudes that you may have towards somebody else that are not right. Uh, Some sin you're involved in. Something that you're doing in your life and you know it's not right. Ask God to forgive you. Repent of that. Turn from that. Leave that behind. Walk out of here tonight. Cleanse from that. So we begin tonight by praying for forgiveness. The second thing we're going to pray for tonight is freedom. Freedom. God set me free from anything in my life that could keep me in bondage. Like Peter was chained, God set me free. And the third thing we're praying for tonight is a fresh touch from God. So that if in any of our hearts that fire for God has gone out and and our passion for God is not what it used to be, we're asking God tonight to reignite that fire. We're asking God tonight to to reignite that passion. And so those are the headings. I'm not going to come up here between all the songs and say, now pray for number... Three things. Now, I'm not going to do that. I'm just because I want you to be led by the Spirit. I want to be led by the Spirit. But I think that's a good guide. Forgiveness, freedom, and a fresh touch from God. Let's say that together. Forgiveness, freedom, and a fresh touch from God. Say it again. I just think, it's all, I think it is so biblical. It is time for judgment to begin at the house of God. God, and that's what I'm going to be praying. I'm going to be down here on my knees somewhere, wherever I'll be, or whatever posture I may be in. That's what I'm going to be praying. God, search my heart so I can confess some sins, all my sins, and be cleansed tonight. Now, here's what's fixing to happen. In a moment, Jimmy and Lisa and the worship leaders are going to come back up on the stage, and they're going to lead us. They're going to sing three songs. And not just they're going to sing, we're going to sing. It's a prayer and praise service. And I can remember, and I think to be honest with you, one of the reasons we have not done this service before now is because five, six, seven years ago when we talked about doing this service, we felt like, well, if we have a prayer service every Sunday night, in order for it not to be boring or in order for it to be fresh and creative, we have to come up with different ways to pray every week. And I started feeling like, if I have to dream up 52 different ways to pray, I'm going to lose my mind because I'm not that creative. And so I just, in my mind, I thought, if that's what it takes to have a prayer service, I'd just rather go out there and preach a 30-minute sermon and and do something else because I can't come up. But in the process of these years, it is like God has affirmed in our spirits. Now listen very carefully what I'm about to say. The key to this service is not the creativity with which we pray. The key to this service is that we pray. There is no wrong way to pray. And so God will even honor the desire that each of us have tonight with this wonderful turnout. God will honor the desire that we have to pray. And so when that kind of set on me, it was like the weight was lifted and I thought I don't have to make up all these different ways to pray. We can just, hey, so tonight in a moment when we start these singing, I'll have, we'll stand up, not yet, but in a moment. If you want to come to the altar and pray here, Come kneel at the altar. Here's stairs. You can kneel here. Kneel at the front of the altar. If you want to pray where you are while standing, stay there. If you want to sit down and pray there, do that. If you're with a spouse tonight or a family member and you want to pray sitting or standing with them, even if you pray out loud with them, that's fine. That's freedom. I, th- you know, I think about that verse in Corinthians. It says, "Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty." Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We're always trying to do something to put ourselves in a box. It's stifling. It's suffocating. But God's not that way. God says, you just pray. And so tonight, that's what we're going to do. Also, and I think this is from God. This all came to my mind last Monday. I shared it with my dad. I shared it with Jimmy. They thought it was of God, and we're going to do this tonight. Tonight, if you need to get saved... During these next three songs, right over here near that door that goes out to the decision room, Pam Deshawn and Tom Gamble, two of our ministers, will be over there. Now, they're going to be praying and they're going to be worshiping, but they're also going to be more than willing and, and, and ready to receive you. If you want to come tonight and join our church, if you want to come for your baptism, if, if you want to pray with a minister, you know, go, 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 go. They'll be right over there. But I just think it would be better tonight during this time of prayer and praise for. Whatever you need to come forward for, come forward for it now so that we don't have to come back at the end of this and then have an invitation. The invitation is now. And they'll take you to the decision room, solidify your decision, give you some literature, and then you'll only be in there five minutes. If you'll come early, you can come back in for the remainder of the prayer and praise service so that when these next three songs are over, I'll get up and we'll just let the Lord lead on how we dismiss the service. So what I'm saying is you talk about freedom. If I'll ever hush talking, right? If I'll ever stop talking. That's what you are thinking. When am I going to be free from your talking? In just a minute, you're going to be free from my talking. But I mean, you can do whatever you feel like God is leading you to do. And I just think it is so of God. And when I drove up tonight, and I saw all the cars in the parking lot. And I walked in, and I thought, man, this is a, a, a really a, a way, an up Sunday night crowd for us. I said to myself, and I said to my brother, I said, Joel, this is such a healthy sign. Because there's a desire in everybody's heart to pray and to seek God, and to experience His power in our lives. Amen? Amen? So I'm going to ask you if we could stand and prepare now for this prayer and praise time. I'll lead us in a prayer. And then you just do as I have suggested. You let God lead you again. If you have any decision tonight, joining the church to be saved, come down here to Pam and Tom, and they'll follow that decision up. Now, Father, as, as one of the leaders of the church tonight, I will begin the prayer time by asking you, God, To forgive me of my sins. Cleanse my heart, God. Apply the blood of Jesus to every sin I've ever committed. And God, if there be some sin I've not confessed that I've not repented of. Even tonight, reveal that to me. So that I could leave here tonight cleansed. A vessel, God, that would be useful in the Master's hands. Oh God, forgive me. Me. God, I pray for freedom in my life. Anything that the enemy would try to use to put me in chains or bondage, set me free. God, I pray for a fresh touch from your Spirit in my heart so that, God, my passion for you would burn stronger than it ever has in all my life. What I pray for me, I pray for each one gathered tonight and each one watching by streaming. God, during this time of prayer, I thank you that you are here. I thank you that you're listening I thank you that you're answering. And I thank you, God, that you have promised to move and to act on our behalf. In Jesus' name, and all the people said, amen. Well, those three things that we were praying in our church that night are three good things for all of us to pray. For forgiveness, for freedom, and for a fresh touch from God. If you've never been saved, would you just pray this right now? Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive my sins, all of them. Make me a Christian. And I ask you to do it right now. And as I ask you to do that, I trust you, Lord. Welcome to my heart. Thank you that you'll never leave me. Friend, if you prayed that prayer, God has heard your prayer. God has saved your soul. He has forgiven your sins. And I encourage you now begin to walk in the freedom and the liberty that is yours in Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. We'll look forward to being with you next time.